Welcome to the Rediscovery Podcast. I'm your host, Bernice. I make this podcast to celebrate the journey of discovery and learning, and to share the stories of those who we can all be learning from. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us. If you enjoy this episode, can you help me out by choosing someone who you think might really enjoy it too, and taking a moment to share it with them? I'm looking forward to journeying with you as we rediscover life with Christ together. Tonight's episode will be a little different than usual, but hey, it's 2020, so you weren't really expecting any consistency, were you? I just want to share something that's been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. I'm actually recording this on November 3rd, 2020. It's the night of the presidential election, and it's fairly late at night. Both of my kids have gone to bed, and I just wanted to get this shared because I said I would. So I want to talk about, yeah, something that I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks. Um, I've talked about it in the past, but I want to. Sh- I just want to share about cancel culture. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, cancel culture refers to the practice of withdrawing support for public figures or companies after they've done something which the general public takes issue with. Not only do they boycott or cancel that person or entity or company or whatever, they weaponize shame and condemnation for the wrong thing that was done. Now let me say, boycotting is not wrong. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you vote with your dollar. I'm not opposed to that. I practice that in my own life, and I think we all do. Everyone has somewhere where they won't shop or they won't eat out for whatever reason. But cancel culture is different because it doesn't allow for change. Cancel culture doesn't offer redemption or second chances. And sadly, the cancel culture response can be common in Christian culture. I first became aware of the Christian cancel culture when I was researching a teacher named Rob Bell a few years ago. I had heard of Rob Bell before. He was always kind of built up as this person who was an example of what a Bible teacher could become if they became too concerned with their teachings being palatable and tolerable to, I don't know who. He was a, he was always labeled as a sold-out liberal heretic, and he was used as a warning to up-and-coming teachers of what would happen to them if they stepped out of line. They would be canceled. But what did he do? Bell wrote a book called Love Wins, in which he outlined a number of alternative views on heaven and hell, including a theology known as universalism, bringing the conversation to the forefront in the American church. And in response, many leaders spoke out, with John Piper, a prominent pastor, tweeting merely, Goodbye, Rob Bell. His succinct statement encapsulates the Christian experience of canceling those with whom we disagree theologically. Rather than recognize and dialogue regarding our differences in interpretation, we separate the church into those who agree with us and those who don't, those who are theologically correct and those who are heretics. And regarding those who we don't agree with, we ask each other, are they really Christians? I mean, do they even read the Bible? We're at a dangerous position right now, I think, where there are two lies that kind of tug at our sensibility. The first 
is that my position is always the right one. I cannot have misunderstood. I am confident that my conclusions are correct. And the second is that those who are not with me are against me. If they can't see that I'm right, it's because they're stupid. Or worse, they're intentionally leading others away from the truth. There's very little room for humility in this era of social media where the loudest voices tend to get the most play. And in this age of the soundbite, many are just looking to get heard. This should not be true for those of us who identify as Christian, but sometimes the ones saying some of the most sensational things are those very same people. I want to share a few examples of this that I've seen in the past couple of weeks. These were the things that I just, I couldn't stop thinking about. I I wish I had never seen them. It would make my life less complicated, but there's no going back now. Um, And they're very rooted in the Christian world. They feature prominent Christian voices. Um, The first was an article posted by the Babylon Bee. For those who haven't heard of it, the Bee is a satirical news site. Think The Onion, but for Christians, mostly for evangelical Protestant Christians. Um, So when they posted an article, remember, this is satire, with the headline, Embarrassed Pope Suddenly Realizes He's Been Reading the Bible Upside Down This Whole Time, I wasn't terribly surprised to see it floating around Facebook. Written in response to the Pope's statement that homosexual persons have a right to be in the family, people were electrified in their response. Comments included things like this, and these are direct quotes, things that people actually said. Here's the first one. Talk about a personal crisis of faith. He's a socialist tool and a pandering hypocrite. I'm not a Catholic, but if I was and I happened to be in his position, I think I'd have a spine and the conviction of my beliefs regardless, popular or not. Another said, I know this is fake since he doesn't really open it. A third, with those cold, dead eyes, I'm surprised he could read anything. And another one said, he's just following his father, the devil. Then, much to my surprise, another leader came under similar condemnation only a few days later. John Piper, who I mentioned earlier, released an essay through his ministry, Desiring God, in which he outlined his reasons for not voting for Donald Trump in this election. The essay, which is really worth reading, proved to be too much for many of Piper's followers, and the responses to his article poured in. They included comments like these. I'm increasingly disappointed with the things you say, Pastor Piper. I fear you are on a similar path as Eugene Peterson. Your decision not to vote and discourage others is simply and purely foolish. Shame on you. Very disappointing. We all have sin. We all have character flaws. I guess you, Mr. Piper, are perfect. Really. This makes my heart hurt. Very disappointed. Mr. Piper, if you don't vote, you really are voting. Would have been so much better for you to have kept this to yourself. 
You're a five-point Calvinist. God ordained these men to be in the election. He ordained Trump to be the leader. Why are you attempting to use your free will to persuade people to affect the outcome of a God-ordained presidency? This is about full-blown satanic global cobble and the NWO taking over and ending this constitutional republic. God blew the trumpet of judgment with a Trump-Pence ticket. You are too holier than thou to see it. And the last one that I saw, how utterly stupid. My reason for sharing these comments is this. Both of these men are leaders. Both take their position incredibly seriously. Both, I believe, seek to think, live, and lead in a way that demonstrates Christ to those who are watching them. They come to different conclusions about what that looks like and what that means. They have largely different audiences. Pope Francis is, well, the Pope. But in spite of that, many who claim to share their religious convictions are the very ones who are slandering them and lambasting them, canceling them, when they hear something that they disagree with. Is the virtue of humility dying out? Do we put so much value on being seen as right that we are willing to be cruel? Seeing these two men torn apart across social media for following their convictions distressed me deeply and concerns me for the health and well-being of the church moving forward. If this is how we address our leaders, I don't know what to think. But I know that these voices do not tell the whole story. They don't represent the whole picture. I know that we can be better than this. But truthfully, my hope is, at this moment, waning. So I'm doing what I can. I'm trying to practice this in my own life in my own discourse. I want those around me to understand that our conclusions may be divergent, but I'm ready to learn and willing to admit when I'm wrong. In these days, we can't pretend to be responsible for anyone but ourselves, and that's difficult. But you can take responsibility for your own speech, actions, and character. The shape of your life, the things you focus on, the way you spend your time, That is in your control. You only have this one wild and precious life. Spend it wisely.